Hi, welcome to My Creativity, the podcast about being creative and producing output. I'm your host, Sari. I reveal how I work, my projects, my process, well, my creativity. From the planning and goal setting to how I stay accountable for my output, to the way ideas pop into my head and to the frameworks I use to stimulate my creativity and formalize it. So each week I go over last week's goals, and then at the end of the episode, I present some new goals to complete for the following week. I also tend to go over my monthly goals, because one of my monthly goals was to go over my monthly goals each week. Clever, hey? This week is the last week of my first year of my f- part uh, of my plan, of my 10-year mission. That means uh, for next week, at some point, I'm going to have to come up with a new annual set of priorities, break those down into quarterly goals, and then come up with a monthly goal so I can pull out my weekly goals from that. So that's pretty exciting, I think. One year into my mission, and... What have I achieved? Wow. Let's go over last week's goals first. Run 10 kilometers. Because remember my August goal, which is the last of my quarter of my last year, I wanted to be running 16 kilometers on the weekend. And that's a single 16 kilometer run. That's 10 miles if you're uh, American or United Statesian in particular. Because I think Canadians talk in kilometers and wouldn't be surprised if Pretty much every other country in the entire world uses kilometers, but miles miles sounds good. Publish book two, come up with app ideas. Uh, so last, this week, uh, I was supposed to run 10 kilometers, and I did that today. It was an absolutely glorious day. We are having the nicest winter weather you could ever imagine. Uh, it's sort of uh, sunny, blue skies, uh, a little bit cool, but not too cool. Quite nice. Uh, I was to release episode 3 of Exit Plan 3. Exit Plan is my audio drama, in case you are unaware of it. An audio drama is a podcast that is tells a story. Uh, Exit Plan Season 3 is the final season. So it all wraps up. We find out what happens to everyone. Find out who dies, who lives, who cries. Well, probably no one cries. I'm not very good at that. Anyway, finish book 2 cover. I'm writing the, the books for Exit Plan, so I've written book one of Exit Plan, and that one's available on Amazon. Uh, book two, I have written, and I'm in the process of editing and formatting. Well, I've basically done that. I need to finish the cover. I did that. I've got a cover. Uh, I've got a couple little tweaks, but it's it's there. That's done. Narrate Chapter One. I still haven't finished Narrate Chapter One. I keep talking about my, my audio book, but I've been super busy doing like book covers and other things that I thought would be quicker to do but turns out taking longer bit of a problem and record judgment day so I've did another recording of judgment day yesterday a much better one now uh, selected a beat 65 beats or 130 depending on whether you're doing quarter or eight notes uh, and I put in a drum track for it and organ- arranged it a little bit. And I put that up so that people can sing along to it. Now, 
that's all my that's all my last week's goal. That's that's pretty good. Only narrate chapter one is halfway done, so still going. Annual planning. As I said, I finished my uh, first year as Gravity Undone. So that's one year in. You guys are listening to this? This is history in the making. I'm going to have a look back at my original mission because I'm going to have to look at my mission to come up with new annual priorities. And I'll go over my annual priorities as well. So now I decided that my purpose, I didn't decide this, this, I discovered this, shall we say. I discovered that my purpose is to inspire creators to inspire. I, I read um, scientific works. I look at artwork. I listen to music. I read books, listen to podcasts, in particular science fiction and fantasy type stuff. Uh, and as I said, science and the history. And it inspires me. Every time I read a scientific article, my, my brain just fires up and I'm absolutely excited. And I, I love doing that for other people too. So I came up with a mission. And the mission is basically how I'm going to commercialize my purpose. And the reason for that is the old saying, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. If I'm going to push through to a 10-year goal, 10-year mission, it needs to be something that is based off my purpose, something that I will be doing even if I weren't doing Gravity Undone. So my mission, and I've got nine years left to complete it, create a collaborative entertainment network of creators of wonderful stories supported by patrons, not ads. Oh, actually, no, that's not the end. Oh, that's from October to October. I've still got September to go. Ha, huh. phew, I don't have to come up with a new annual priority. So that's, but that's my mission. And from that, I got these annual priorities for this past year. Uh, was to create podcasts. Done that. I've got three of them. Hurrah. Uh, get more content. So I have done that. I created, there's about, um, there's 11 videos currently up on Gravity Undone and on my YouTube. And I do actually have another five sitting there ready to be edited and put up. Establish paying customers. Well, just in this past sort of month or so, I now have made $7.50 US. So, you know, it's a small start, but it's more than I earned the year prior from creative work. Now, I wanted to establish alliances. Well, that's nice. I made a few friends who are creatives in the business. I've, I've interviewed a, a few people and I keep in touch. So that's really really good and that's it's a strange annual priority to have but you see i'm not i'm not really good at making friends not for lack of being a friendly person or or uh, nice or or tolerant or all all of that sort of stuff but rather i don't i don't get as much uh and i and i want to put this in the right way because i don't want it to sound wrong or off but i don't get that much value from people and already that sounds terrible i do get value from people from from relationships and things but rather i i don't i don't seem to get a lot of nourishment from them which is to say i don't need much and i certainly know for example i have a sister-in-law she is definitely an extrovert she loves talking with people, meeting people, organizing things, uh, you know, social functions. She It's totally um, energized by being around people and learning about them and 
and becoming friends with them. I do find interesting. I do find it interesting to talk to people and things, but I, I, I could probably go the rest of my life on a desert island, never talking to another human being, and it, it would be just the same. And that sounds. It seems to diminish the the actual value I do get from people, and uh, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard thing to explain in a way that makes sense, but to put it basically is as a result, I don't make friends um, all that often. I make friends easily when I do, but I don't go. I don't feel a driving need to be social, even though I do have some very close and dear friends. So establishing alliances it was actually quite a quite a stretch for me to do. And now you all think I'm some sort of weird hermit. Well, I kind of am. But look, you know, I think I think the people who listen to this podcast are probably also the sort of people who are probably fairly happy with their own company and and enjoy other people, but aren't overly excited by it. It tends to be uh, writers, computer programmers, engineers, nerds, computer game players. Anyway, so that was my annual priorities. So I would have come up with some new ones in a month's time as it turns out, but I'm going to start working on it now. And this is an interesting thing because what's the value of planning? And I think that we all would agree that if you wanted to run a sustainable and successful business, then you need to plan to some extent. But I have a feeling, and it's not just a feeling, I know this is the case. There are a lot of people out there in creative pursuits who are working a day job and they're doing some creativity on the side and they will state that it would be their dream to be creative all the time, like to, to write all the time or paint or, or write computer games or any number of other, you know, play music as a full-time sort of um, lifestyle. But at the same time, there's this strange mentality that planning and creativity are almost in opposition to one another. This idea that planning is this sort of static, crystallizing force that drains the fun out of creation. And my argument is planning and the process of planning is one of the most creative things you can do. It's the thing that opens up opportunities. It presents, presents your full opportunity, your full potential to you. It is is in fact the opposite of what people would like to say. And I would say that not planning is the process of cutting out opportunity, is the process of minimizing your reach and your capacities. It is in fact the thing that people say that they're avoiding by not planning. But in reality, they are hiding, they're retreating. So planning, I think, and if anyone wants to argue with me and say that planning is somehow detrimental to running a sustainable business because if if you're saying that you want to be a creative full-time that means you have to run a business that's kind of what the definition of business is you would need to plan goals and you need to execute on them and you need to revise them a few weeks back i spoke with claire Schertzinger. she is a canadian artist uh, she's a painter a writer a computer game video maker uh, also an interactive entertainment producer if you like and an audio drama producer you know she's she's very talented and uh, creative person and she does, she does it full-time so she doesn't have a full-time job except her creativity 
And the interesting insight that she brought, as opposed to people I've spoken to who are creative sort of part-time, is the amount of project planning and projection and goal setting she has to do in order, because she needs to get investors. She needs to get people who are going to pay her to do her thing. And that might be in the form of Kickstarter or government grants or private commission. But you know what? When someone is going to give you money, they want to know what they're going to get in return. And they also want to know when they're going to get it. In order for you to know what they're going to get and when they're going to get it, you have to plan. You trying to wing it is relying on luck. You know, hope's not really a, a valid strategy. And this brings me, of course, to the big controversy in writing circles. And it, it's been bugging me for a while. I've been trying to figure out what about this controversy has has really been a sort of a, a thorn in my side or a little prickle under my skin. That's, and I've had a big thing about it and I realize now what it is. People will say that you're either a plotter or a pantser and you'll be one of those two. Now, I'm not going to disagree that indeed there are people who plot and plan things out and there are people who wing it, go by the seat of their pants. People definitely do that. And people enjoy both. The thing that I have the trouble with is saying that a person is either a plotter or a person is a pantser, as if that's their identity and that's all they are. And in reality, planning and, and, and uh, pantsing are tools in the toolbox. You wouldn't talk to a carpenter and say, so what are you, a hammer or a saw? The carpenter would look at you and go oddly and say, no, well, I'm a carpenter. I, I use hammers and I use saws. And there's also this saying I think we've all heard, which is if all you've got is a hammer, everything starts looking like a nail. So if you go about the place with this fixed mindset that you are a pantser or a fixed mindset that you are a plotter, then that's the only tool you have. Everything starts looking like a candidate to apply that tool. And you're going to be disappointed. You, you'll get people, for example, plotters who say, I simply can't write a series of books. My plots never have enough room in them. I get to the, you know, when I write it out, it's just one book. And I really want to write a series. And you get the opposite. You get pantsers who sort of say, oh, I Spend, I have to write, rewrite my book three, four times, write chapters, and my novel is just takes forever to write. And the answer, of course, is that quite possibly you're using the wrong tool. If you're trying to plot out and you can't get a series, perhaps you need to do a bit of explorative writing. Perhaps you need to forget having a, an absolute end point, have a vague notion of the direction you're heading in, and start writing and see where that takes you. See what inspiration strikes. Then you take that inspiration, take those scenes, those ideas that you've just explored by by not plotting, by just writing silly pants. Maybe you'll find you you know you'll find then that you can actually plot out a series, because you've just let you've you've stepped back a bit, you've unleashed your brain a bit. And again, likewise, pantsers. Uh, I've I've read numerous people sort of saying that they rewrite their books. If you're rewriting your book, you're doing something very wrong. Like, really? How many other people do that in any other profession? Rewrite something or rebuild something? You think a house builder just starts kind of putting sticks together and nailing stuff up and laying down some bricks and then gets to the end and goes, oh, 
There's no front door. Okay, well, I guess I'll just tear the house down and start building again. That's ridiculous. No one would even think to do that. You definitely, definitely have a plan to build your house. And you know what? If anyone's ever built a house, you'll realize that there's this thing called variations. So as you're building, sometimes you discover that your plan is you know, not sufficient. It didn't address a use case that only became obvious during the building process, in which case the builder will get back to you, uh, maybe the architect or a building designer, whoever you're going with, and suggest, okay, well, perhaps this room needs to be shaped like this, this can go there, that can go there. You sign off on the variation, and then you know what? It's added to the plan, and the builder changes course and builds something a little bit different. That's what I mean also by planning its creativity. And this is also... Uh, where where we start talking about, as I mentioned earlier, fixed mindset versus growth. And I've, I spoke about this so much, but it, it's just such an influential uh, set of research that I read. Um, Carol Dweck wrote a book about it called Mindset, where she goes into this a lot. But basically, a fixed mindset believes that for any given trait or ability, that you have a, a set amount of that. And it's you know, set by birth or whatever it is, but that's what it is and that's what it's going to stay. So that you know, you're a plotter, okay? That's all you can do. That's what you are. Or you're a pantser. That's all you can do. That's all you are. And you might make up little stories to justify it. Oh, I tried plotting, but it wasn't any fun. Oh, I tried pantsing, but the story just went off, you know, and, and petered out. I had nowhere to go to. And a growth mindset, on the other hand, says... Uh, the human brain, and and there's so much research to back this up. So if you want to like have an argument with me about this, don't bother. Go argue with Dr. Carol Dweck. Check out all of her research, and you're going to have to come up with you know, competing ideas, perform the research and studies, and present them to a peer review and all the rest of it. You'd be like arguing against gravity at this point. So the growth mindset sees that the human mind is as is very malleable. We've got neuroplasticity. People who suffer strokes and have a part of their brain dies, they can't walk anymore, learn to re, to walk, and in fact, run. And you know, look on YouTube, you can find people doing it. But we can also then learn these skills. You're not a plotter, you're not a pantser, you are an author who can choose to learn how to plot because that's a useful tool for certain things. You can choose to learn how to be a pantser because that's a useful tool for certain things. Now, if your goal is to run a business, you need to plan. You need to have goals. You need to know how you're going to get from where you are to your goal. You need to work your way there. That I know anyone who's going to tell you that in, in order to run a successful business, you have to not know where you're going, not know what's going on, and you don't want to plan it. No one's going to tell you that. They'll all tell you the otherwise. So if you want to have a successful writing career that's efficient and effective and, and sustainable, you are going to have to learn how to do plotting. You don't always have to use it, but you're going to need it, I assure you. And in fact, what you'll find is that the people who claim to be a pure pantser, who have gone on to have a, a writing career, have actually taught themselves to plot in their own way. And they're, they're writing to sort of these little formulas or, or procedures that they have built up over their practice of writing by the seat of their pants. They know how to get to the end of their story because they've they've probably rewritten their story five or six you know various novels five or six times and now they've 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 just learnt how to do it. And likewise, people who are just plotters may in fact find out 
that they have simply plotted out and planned so many stories that they intuitively know how a story should go and they're actually you know comparable to the the people who are winging it but for sure if you plan to have a successful writing career if you have a goal of being a sustainable success you're going to have to learn all the tools at your disposal and that's just the way it is that's what i've learned my first book i wrote was largely by the seat of my pants it took two years to write and it still needs work i'm going back to revise it in fact in going back and revisiting what i'm going to do is write out all of the plot points of the various um different sort of story frameworks and i've already spoken about some of those and i'm going to see how it fits into that and i'm going to then make it work to that it took me yeah like i said two years to get to a point where i would say okay book one is finished uh the exit plan story took me three months because i had a a detailed 16 point plan for it i knew exactly where it's going i knew all the characters and it's just a matter of me writing the detail took two months to write all the chapters one hour a day and then another month to edit it and now i didn't have to chop any chapters out didn't have to rewrite the whole book you could probably well argue that it's not the greatest book in the world but then again you can't polish a turd as they say and life is about learning this is the growth mindset take take my book or leave it uh that's cool give me some feedback on it that's even better i'll always grow and get better so anyway next week's goals just suddenly realizing that i've still got a whole month before my end i was going to have one of my goals being come with my annual plan Whew, lucky so next week is to run 16 kilometers so, so next sunday uh, weather permitting which it should be beautiful I'm going to do a 16 kilometer run. I am going to publish first draft of book two. Uh, so that sounds bad. The, re- the reason I'm saying publish, I'm not publishing the first draft. I'm doing the first publish. Let's say that first publish. Just, let's just say publish book two. Because it'll probably be about my third or fourth draft that I'm actually publishing. The point is there will be additional revisions going up as I record the audio book for it, for example. I'm going to record the rest of Judgment Day. My uh, the chorus part is it's a little bit out of time. It's really hard, I find, playing with a drum machine. When you're playing with a drummer, they can sort of uh, they tend to vary slightly, and you and you, and you form a bit of a groove. When you've got a drum machine, it's just it hits the beat every single time. Whereas a normal drummer might miss by uh, you know some milliseconds here and there, and, and there's a bit of wiggle. And likewise, the guitar. Uh, next week's Judgment Day, published book two, run 16 kilometers. Look, I'm going to drop this whole narrating chapter one business. Clearly, I have to get chapter uh, book two done and dusted and out of my hair before I'm going to be, be able to you know, put the time into my audio book. So I'm going to leave it as those three so that I'm definitely going to be able to get somewhere. So there you go, planning. My annual plan is coming up. I suggest that you consider having an annual plan. In fact, next week, I'm going to have an interview with James Warcroft. Not his real last name, but it's a pretty cool name. He's uh, oh, he's an audio engineer, 
I don't know if that's the right description for him. He's worked with audio a lot in his life, radio, um, air traffic control, and he has now worked with an author to produce an audio book and an audio drama from it. Uh, Very interesting. And following that, the week after that, I'm going to talk a bit about finding a purpose because my annual plan is coming up and we need to revisit purposes. Have fun. See ya.